are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Big 12 Podcast today on this Monday, December 21st, 2020. I did a crossover episode. Actually, well, I was more of a guest on the Locked On Big 10 Podcast with Big Ted Ben, Ben Stevens. Really great conversation with him. It was pretty spirited. We discussed the college ball playoff scenario. I got pretty heated. You guys know I work in college sports. I kind of talked about, you know, being around the entire season and kind of getting to championship Sunday and, or, you know, the selection Sunday and all the thoughts and emotions coming out, right, that we all have, I'm sure, following the committee's decision and and what we really do value um, in this sport in terms of championship criteria and what, what allows you to compete for a championship. So it was a really good conversation with Ben. Um, And I'm going to let you guys hear that. I'm going to put that in here uh, as a bonus episode for you guys this week. So I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Ben Stevens of Locked On Big Ten Podcast. All right, cool. We are recording. Let's see. We got a sponsor today. Yes, we do. All right. Three, two, and one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Monday, December 21st, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And on today's episode, it is all about the aftermath of the final selection of the College Football Playoff Committee. And joining me from the very beginning of today's episode is Josh Neighbors. He is a great member of this Locked On Podcast Network, the host of Locked On Nationals, the host of Locked On Big 12, also a producer for Sirius XM's college sports coverage. So he has a deep depth of all college football knowledge, and we need that today because, Josh, it was a doozy on Selection Sunday for the CFP committee to find out who the final four are. There is so much to discuss, but I'm glad to have you here on the podcast. I'm glad to be here. I've, I've had a, like a nine-hour cleansing since talking college sports, and I'm ready to do it again. I had to, I had to take some time. Think about what happened, but I'm ready to go, Ben. So you've sat back and you have let everything soak in. How do you feel about what the college football playoff committee did on Sunday with their final four rankings? And of course, it was pretty chalk. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then Notre Dame at number four. Do you have an issue with the final four, or is there something you can find and poke a hole in what the CFP decided? I don't have an issue with the final four in terms of like consistency of like where they were in the beginning of the season or when their first rankings to now I do have, and you and I discussed this before an issue about the process to reach that. And I just want to go back, talk about like my morning really fast. So Please. I produce, like you mentioned, yeah. College sports today, Barrett Salee, Tom Luganville. Um, and we just took calls for three hours today. It's really what we did. And it was four, like, I think, I mean, roughly four fan bases were calling A&M, Notre Dame, Ohio state, and then, I mean, Alabama fans always have to let them, you know, let their thoughts be known, you know, so it's, of you know, and they always say, hey, Bama fan, whatever, you're in, so shut up, let these people have their time. Um, and like I said, like, after we had the show, it ended at noon, I, I hopped on my Peloton and I didn't pay attention to what happened because at, during every break, you know, no matter what the conversation was, it was just the same thing we're talking about. It's going to be these four teams. We already know who it is. We know who it's going to be. Um, and I just kind of wanted to get away from that and just think about the, how we reach this point. And I, I do have a lot of problems with it. I, I really do. And it's n- not this trying to get small schools in type stuff, but look, I mean, if we're going to talk about eye test, I'm sorry. And it's a big 10 show, Ohio state, you failed it. You did. You, you did. You failed the eye test. A team that has been guilty in the past of losing 
regular season games to inferior competition, two very good documented cases of it. This team clearly, clearly, given a 12-game schedule, would have gone two ways. One, they would have either improved and kept building, which is very possible, or two, they would have eventually faltered when the right opponent came their way. And it's the nature of the season. We, we didn't get to see that. But that's where I was left thinking when it came to Ohio State. that Just wanting more and not getting it, I couldn't give them the nod. It's not their fault either. It is the Big Ten's fault. It is not their fault. There are a few times in my mind, Josh, that people unanimous, unanimously back one approach. And I think today a lot of people hated the college football playoff committee coming from many different fan bases. You said on your show, you took calls from Texas A&M, people from Notre Dame, people from across every conference and really divided by pretty much every program they supported. A lot of people had an anger at the CFP and really the final four was what we had every time we had a ranking this year. It was the same four teams mix up the order a little bit. Now Ohio state at three and Notre Dame at four and Clemson now at two Bama has stayed strong at number one, but it's been the same thing every time, which has led a lot of people to rightfully say, this is predictable. We have gotten to a point where each and every year we have pretty much the same contenders playing for these spots in the CFP. That has been what I have been left with the impression, the process that you mentioned that outside of these four programs that have made up, the college football playoff for pretty much as long as we've had it dating back to 2014, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ohio state, Alabama, and Clemson have taken 22 of the possible 28 spots in the college football playoff for as long as we have had it. It seems at this point, like we know exactly what's going to happen. We can be as angry as we want, but the CFP has set a standard in how they select the teams. Yeah. It's a lot of it's driven by, I mean, it's branding, right? A lot of this is branding. I mean, Georgia being at eight, Look, it doesn't matter how – Georgia's been awesome. Georgia's definitely, at this point in time, one of the eight best teams. Stetson Bennett, Georgia, was not. And that was a team that we saw for most of the season. That was the problem that a lot of us had was Stetson Bennett's Georgia team at, at eight. What are we doing? I mean, that's there's no excuse for that. But what are they? A great brand, right? And, they're, and then that's that's kind of the issue of Ohio State, right? Justin Fields. And that's the problem that I have is when, when Gary Barta is citing specific players' performances in his defense, and, just, and, and yesterday, don't get me wrong, the, the running game was great for Ohio State. They were afraid to let Justin Fields close that game out. They weren't going to let him do it. So when Gary Barta is sitting there telling me Chris Olave got involved, you also need to tell me, good God, Justin Fields was horrible yesterday. He might, he's going to need to turn it around if they have any chance of beating Alabama. So, you know, like I don't agree with the, the, the specific players thing, but there are, there are easy ways to pick apart their argument. Stuff like the Georgia thing. Cincinnati's resume is better. I'm just going to say this. It's, it's, once again, Ohio State fans, I'm sorry. It's better than yours. It is. It's it just, I watched a lot of Cincinnati play. Desmond Ritter skeptic. He actually hit that point of the season where things got better. I watched the army game. Horrendous, awful game for Desmond Ritter. They hit a different point of the season where things got going for their offense. And I was like, Oh, this team turned the corner and the big 10 didn't give Ohio state that chance, but that's not Cincinnati's fault. And I think they got penalized for that. They, they, they got penalized for not playing in the last few weeks. And so this is where my anger is, is that those teams don't get a shot. I know what the money is. I know the Buckeye fans across this nation. We didn't get a call from one Cincinnati fan this morning. I get that. But you got to give them a seat at the table because you're starting to make everything not matter as much. 
as the committee laid out in every ranking this year, it was apparent that brand name carries the weight in college football. The committee knows that for this college football playoff to have the TV ratings, to have the eyeballs, the brand names mean the most. And that's why Sunday's selection of the final four was not necessarily surprising. Everybody, even if they were angry about it heading into Sunday after what happened on conference championship Saturday, had a pretty good idea. It was going to be Bama at one, Clemson at two, Ohio State at three, and Notre Dame at four. The juxtaposition, though, of everybody looking for who could have been that other fourth team. If it's not Notre Dame after getting walled by Clemson in the ACC title game, then who could it be? Could it be Texas A&M who was sitting there in the five spot? What if Florida had performed better in the you know throughout some of the season? In my opinion, the question came down to Cincinnati. And if the team that we are saying right now at number four has no shot against Alabama, and as we know, the line has opened up from our good friends at betonline.ag at Bama being a 19-point favorite for that semifinal against Notre Dame, the one versus four, why not give a team like Cincinnati a shot in this year of all years in the 2020 college football season? I said this, Ben, you know, I talked about this. I was at the Peach Bowl last year. I was at – the game was over. It was over in the first quarter. Joe Burrow, God bless him. You know, he deserves all the accolades. Greatest first half, you know, in, in history of, you know, of, of a darn near a game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the way he played. It can't be worse than that. It cannot be worse than that. I mean, and if it is, you know what? It's the same result. I used to be anti-18 playoff because I said, you know what? There's not eight teams that deserve to play for it. But if you're going to put in brands because you care about television ratings – for the fans, put in more teams so we can all be more invested. Give yourself some, give us some, right? If it's all about the brands, eight teams get you your brands, and you also get the other teams in as well, too. And I think that's the big key for me is that that's what I want to see. Cincinnati, like you mentioned, was a team that, I mean, what else do you want them to do this season? What else did you want them to do in, in a season like this? They passed the eye test at most every juncture. Not a great win against Tulsa, but you know what? They played 10 games, 11 games. I forgot the exact number, but they played double digit games this year and they won all of them against Mm -hmm. mind you teams that were better than some teams in other conferences. And so that is, that's the issue. I, I think, OU, you know, at the end there had a case we're using the eye test, which, you know, that's garbage. They don't actually use that, but using the eye test. OU had a a claim too, but Cincinnati wire to wire. I I mean, they're going to put up as good of a fight as, as, as Notre Dame will. I'm pretty sure about that. So we have now, Clemson appearing in the college football playoff six times. Alabama has appeared in six times. Ohio State has appeared four times. Notre Dame has appeared twice. And like you mentioned, Oklahoma has appeared four times as well. In the seven-year history, we have had a college football playoff. For me, it feels negative for the sport because in this year, if you are not having a chance like a Cincinnati or a team like Coastal to get a shot at the college football playoff in this year, if there was never a chance, there might not be in the future. So in your mind, Josh neighbors is the next step expansion. Is it an eight team playoff to allow that to happen? Or will a group of five team never really have a shot at making a college football playoff, regardless of how many teams you put in? Uh, No, they'll have a chance. I mean, in theory, they have a chance at eight, but what's to stop them from doing the same thing that they, they did this time around and uh, having Cincinnati sit out a week and then just bump up Iowa State. And look, I'm from the Big 12. This is, you know, I'm the Big 12 person. OU had a great second half of the season. And that run was just as good as anybody else's run, save Alabama and Clemson, the back part of the season. I'm sorry. You just, you can't do that. You can't have, they have two losses. You can't have them jump a team that's sitting there. You just, why? Right. Like Oklahoma did it again this week. Tulsa. Right. I mean, it's one thing to have Iowa State jump them when Cincinnati's sitting there. Fine. That's awful. I don't like it at all. To have them do it 
when Cincinnati played a conference championship game mm-hmm. and you say conference championships matter, uh, well, only some of them matter. Not only the ones that we deem valuable matter. If you get the same old hacks in the room, you might go to eight. And honestly, we might still get the same damn thing. So, right. I mean, Ben, you know, in theory, yes, it gives them a shot. But at this point in time, just look at the recruiting ratings each year. And there's your answer, you know, or from, I guess, two years ago. And there is your answer to who is competing this season. Right. That's, that's, that's all you have to do. Those only teams have a shot. Every year, you can look at those recruiting rankings of 24-7 arrivals. There's your answer. And it's a real catch-22 because the teams that the college football playoff benefits the most, the name brands that we have mentioned time and again now, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, they get this national exposure and the big TV bucks to then go out and make their facilities better and have that exposure to recruit. And then it just goes around and around where if I'm a team like Cincinnati, if I'm a team like Coastal, if I'm even a team like Indiana and we can get into the New Year's Six discussion as well, what gives you the hope that even if you play your best year ever, you have a chance to do it? Gary Barta laid out what it might take for a group of five team to make the college football playoff. He cited BYU's pre-COVID pandemic schedule where they had lined up five games against power five opponents. And Gary Barta said, had they gone out there and won maybe those games, yeah, maybe we'd give them recognition. So you have to play a murderer's row schedule to even get a look from the committee. To me, it seems at this point, like college football's own system to crown a national champion is hurting the very sport we love. Yeah, it is also to think about this. I mean, you know, UCF years ago is the conversation point. They wanted to schedule Florida. Florida's not doing a home and home with UCF. They're not going to do it. They're not going to go to Orlando. So that's, and that's very, un, I mean, it's creating a situation where number one, these, the, the, the big power five teams are going to avo- avoid uh, pow- good power five schools or excuse me, good G five schools at all costs. Right. Right. If you're an AD at most schools, no, we're not playing Cincinnati. We're not playing BYU. You know, Coastal's actually a different case, but we're not going to play those good, you know, uh, UCF's another good example. Uh, stay, steering clear of them. We're mm-hmm. not going to do it. There's, you know, and you're incentivizing running from them. Right. I mean, I think about the early, the early non-conference matchups that kind of make college football in the early season, you know, fun. They're not very good football games, to be honest with you. Uh, I go back to Alabama FSU from a few years ago and everybody's like top five win for Bama. That FSU team was like what, six and five or six and six. So, you know, like that's, you're never going to get one of those, right? I mean, those teams, big power five teams, just schedule Toledo, schedule the Citadel because apparently your, your, your conference schedule is just fine. Like if I was a, if I was a P five AD, I would not schedule any good team out of conference. Would you? No. Why would you? Yeah. There's no point. All it can do is hamper you. But as we learned from the committee this year, losses really aren't as significant as wins. And in my opinion, losses have to mean something. And I think that transitions us into the discussion about the larger picture of what the college football playoff is in charge of. Because as Josh and I mentioned, the final four was pretty much what we guessed it would be. Although we can be upset about that, but the New Year's six also was evident about how broken this system is about how the committee ranks some teams. In my mind, losses must matter. When you have three three lost teams and a four and 12 sham of a PAC 12 champion in Oregon ahead of a team like Indiana ahead of a team like coastal playing in these new year's six bowls. That really leaves a bad taste in the mouth of a lot of college football fans, seeing how the committee slated this out. Josh, what did you make about how the CFP placed those teams in the new year's six bowl matchups? It's just like, whatever, man. <laughs> right. I mean, what, what are we doing at this point? You know, it's right. You, you saw it coming, you know, it's, and there are some compelling matchups. Don't get me wrong, but why, 
I mean, why? Right? Just why? I just I mean, Cincinnati, Georgia is compelling, but besides that, like I don't, I don't care. I really just don't care. And I agree with you. It is a compelling matchup on paper, but it doesn't even go to benefit Cincinnati because if Cincinnati comes out and beats Georgia, people are going to say, well, Georgia was a two-loss team heading in or Georgia didn't really care that much because they're playing a Cincy team. So it doesn't even go to the argument where we say, put up the Bearcats against the best competition and see what they have. It seems fleeting, and that's disappointing when you have a New Year's Six Bowl matchup in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, well, also, they, they did this to UCF. They gave them remember, – remember this – they gave them an Auburn team that had just run a gauntlet of having to play Georgia, Alabama, and Georgia again. Mm-hmm. And look, like, you know, that Auburn team, I totally don't blame them at all for playing a noon game against UCF after almost being so close to being a two loss team to make it and just running out of gas and getting, you know, their tails whipped against Georgia. That's tough to get up for that game. I get that. And so they basically gave, and on the flip side of that, they gave Auburn the perfect out for that game. So when people say, look what UCF did. It's well, we know Auburn wasn't, and they weren't motivated because why should they be? They were so close to a playoff and an impeccable, incredible, crazy run. And your consolation prize is playing UCF an hour and a half away from home in a stadium you played a lot of games in, right? So, you know, luckily for them, the, this Georgia game means a little bit more because I think this Georgia team is a bit, they've had a new quarterback for what now, a month, mm-hmm. and they want to see more and more and more of it. But if this is Georgia's team that's on the opposite end of it and, you know, saying, oh, we lost two games, you know, one towards the end of the season, we got shut out of our conference title game, it's a different feeling. And there's another built-in excuse. So this time around, I am glad. I think there is a bit more storyline here than normal. But, and, but still, there's always going to be that built-in excuse about the team doesn't really care about it. I was working in Omaha, Nebraska, covering the Huskers when Scott Frost was hired by Nebraska and that Central Florida team went on to beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl and crown themselves national champions. And I gave UCF so much crap for that because I'm like, what a ridiculous thing to do. You're going to throw yourself a parade at Disney World? Now I get it. Because yes. clearly, the, the I was the same way. I was the same way. Chance, and they oh have to God. crown themselves a national champ because otherwise there's no hope of it ever. Oh, I'm not sure if you saw their Twitter today. They posted a, a, a nice, oh, the a nice wrestling video. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they get that too. There's a sense of like, oh, you guys get it now, don't you? Everybody yeah. kind of gets it now. It's like, we're like, these these a-holes are just them and their Twitter, them and their national championship crap. But you know what? I get it now. It makes so much sense. And and call me blind, call me, call me ignorant, whatever. I understand why they do it now. They are not treated correctly. They are not getting the, getting the fair shake they deserve. And um, I mean, it, as fans, like, Here's like this stuff is, has to matter. Like we, we got to talk about, you know, you and I were, were messing back and forth about the Music City Bowl, right? Iowa and, right. And, and Missouri and Nashville, like that stuff has to matter, man. And it does matter to a lot of people, but we got we to gotta make the playoff about that. It's got to be about the Missouri teams that can make those runs that they did the first two years in, uh, in in the Pac-12 or in the SEC, right? About the Baylor team that just made a run last year, about the Iowa State team this year, about the Iowa team that made you know that made the Big, the Big Ten championship game a few years ago. Give those programs a shot to make the dance, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 uh, I mean, the New Year's Six this year is you know I'm I'm sorry for kind of digressing here, but like the, it's about these programs, right? These are the teams that a lot of the common college football fan likes, and so it's about you know, even if they don't make the playoff, right. Or an 18 playoff, put them in a cool bowl that they care about. Everybody's going to be invested in and want to be in. And the college football playoff has rightfully built up to a place where it is our focus when it comes to the end of a college football season, but we've seen it now in bowl season, these last couple of years, 
this 2020 season is very different playing in a global pandemic, but you have players opting out of bowls. You have teams not caring as much. So the rest of the bowl season is watered down while all the focus becomes those four teams in the CFP. And as we've seen, it's pretty much the same four teams or a group of those four teams each and every year. This is the Locked On Big Ten podcast. You are the host of Locked On Big 12. So we must focus right now on the Big Ten. And one of the teams that I think was railroaded was Indiana. The committee has railroaded Indiana all along. They stuck at number 11 in the final CFP rankings, and they will not get a bid to the New Year's Six Bowl. There are a few teams that I think Indiana has a better case over to play in those New Year's Six Bowls. Iowa State, who's up to number 10 in the country, is one of them. The Cyclones have three losses, including to Louisiana at home at the beginning of the season. Yes, they have progressed since then, but still, three losses. Losses have to matter just as much as wins. And then you have Oregon a 4-12 Pac-12 champion that did not qualify for their conference title game with losses to one win, Cal, and Oregon State. And yet, Indiana gets snubbed again, and they are out of a New Year's Six Bowl. For me, it was a pretty impassioned take that I shared out on social media this afternoon that a lot of IU backers were also in favor of. It just seems that Indiana was one of the biggest snubs of this New Year's Six Bowl, and that's really been the focus of a lot of the Big Ten community today, Josh. Yeah, I mean, look, Indiana, the the story, and you and I discussed this on my show, right? The story, the effort, the the just the narrative around them, and, and the performance too was worthy of a New Year's Six uh, spot. A hundred percent, it was right there. The Iowa State's kind of getting this because also narrative too, but they did lose those games, and also the, the Big Twelve Championship game should have been like that. That's their New Year's Six, right? You're lucky you're at number six in the poll, mm-hmm. and you're in a game now where you've got a chance. If you win it, you've got a case to be in. That's your New Year's Six bowl. You lose it, that's fine. Go send them somewhere else. Matt Campbell doesn't lose much shine. It, it's it's all good. Them playing Oregon does absolutely nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Does it do anything for anybody? I mean, no. Oregon might be in the game. But and, and they they are going to care a lot more because obviously those guys practice a lot and they only get to play six games, so this you know much more meaningful because it's game number seven for them. Mm-hmm. Iowa State, like you came really close, right? You're a Brock Purdy bad pick away from being uh, able to go and you know, potentially win that game. So for them at this point in time, like this game is not much juice. Indiana, on the other hand, Oregon versus Indiana, and Oregon's merits of being there, it's fine. But like, hey, put put Oregon in there. But you know who'd be happy to play them? Indiana. You know what game would, would give you some good results? can promise you. Indiana, even with the backup quarterback, ooh, ooh, much more compelling than, a, you know, than, than having Iowa State there. And this is where I critique the CFP's rhetoric and how they decide to put teams where in their final rankings because outside of the top four, you see how it trickles down to all the discussions surrounding the New Year's Six. And Ohio State and their win over Indiana back on November 21st was used as a way to bolster the Buckeyes resume, which I agree. I think that was a testament to a great top 10 game at the time and is a credit to both teams. However, it was not used to help Indiana at all. And the common thing against Indiana was, well, they don't have a win over a now top 25 opponent or a team with a winning record. And I get that. It makes sense. But when you look at what Indiana did, And you look at who they lined up against in this Big Ten season, and they took care of what they needed to take care of and didn't lose those games. Sure, Wisconsin is not as good this year. Michigan is definitely not as good this year. Penn State ended the year on a four-game winning streak, and we're hyping up Oklahoma for their turnaround. Regardless, that's a different story for a different day. But Indiana won out and won those games. They did not lose them. They snapped historic losing streaks, and they won them. And they received no credit because the credit is taken away from what IU accomplished and given to these other teams and said, okay, they're not as good as what we might have thought they were. 
Well, I mean, you know, as 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 upset as we are about the college ball playoff, we should be more upset about the bowl game selections that were not there. I mean, we're talking about also Army too, right? Yeah. Army is a nine and two football team. They do not have a bowl game. A lot of that because previously agreed to, uh, I mean, some is contractual, but also some dealings between bowl games and teams. I mean, South Carolina is playing in a bowl game, right? This is a team that fired their coach in the middle of the season mm-hmm. because of how poorly things were going. And guess what? Well, you guys get to go and play a bowl game, right? I mean, it's, it's fun. Mike Leach and Mike Leach's team beat mine yesterday. It's awesome. They're three and seven. They're going to a game ahead. I believe they're in the, what, it's either military or armed forces. I forget which one it is. Right. You know who's not going to that game? Army, which is one of the branches of the government, of, of the military, rather, if last time I checked. But, but hey, we got three and four and seven air raid Mississippi State's going to play in that. I mean, this, this is like, I hope people realize this now. College athletics is one of the largest like money grabs it's out there mm-hmm. and look we love it and we eat it up and we you and i you know it's it's a career for us a profession for us but this is why i didn't listen to the, the college football playoff committee's rankings today because sometimes you just want to take a shower when you think about all of these things that are going on because it just it makes you so upset like army not in a bowl game when there's two games that have a military related designation in them and they're not in either of them and there's a th- four and seven four and seven team in yeah. one of them over a nine and two army like the commander in chief's trophy winner. Ben, what are we doing? What are we doing here? And that's the sad reality. And I think a lot of college football fans across the country, across leagues, across different schools, across different programs are all ending with that same question today, Josh, what are we doing here? And the system is very clearly broken. I think we know that we are playing this college football season for money. And I think we especially know now the allure of amateurism surrounding the college football season is gone. And the CFP is trying to make money, and that's why you put in the brand names. That is where we are here. So let's focus on those top four CFP teams in the college football playoff because at the end of the day, come about a week and a half from now on New Year's Day, we will have one versus four, Alabama and Notre Dame, and two versus three, Clemson taking on Ohio State for the third time in a college football playoff semifinal, a rematch from last year's great 2019 semi. Buckeye fans don't need to worry about what happened in 2017. So, Josh, you mentioned it. You don't really think Ohio State was deserving of a bid to the college football playoff. I could argue you against that, but we'll focus on if if you think Ohio State has a chance to beat this Clemson team in a week and a half on January 1st in the Sugar Bowl. Do I think they have a chance? Yes. No. No, okay. no, I don't. They don't. Um, (laughs) Why did you ask me the question if you were uh, no? I I just make sure I want to make sure I I want to make sure I understood understood it correctly. Uh, look, this is, I mean, the team's one of the team's best players this week said they have to blow them out. And I know they were down 22 guys, whatever. Um, including that player who said that, inclu- by the way, including that player who said that, right. which is, I mean, like just this season to shut up and play. I mean, or, or, you know, like, I know it's tough, but don't say things like that. Look, Clemson shows up for these games, right? They show up in moments like this. Um, I don't like Dabo Sweeney. I'm not somebody I prefer for a litany of reasons. You can just go back and look at his stupid comments he's made over the years. You know, look, he's he is a CEO, and he can get the fellows up to play a game, can he? I mean, we saw it yesterday. Uh, after that Trevor Lawrence pick, they were ready to play some football. Uh, they were they were ready to go, and that is that is the problem. Is that is that this team now thinks they just showed everybody how good they are. 
and there's no long turnaround, right? Usually we were used to last week being it and then we're having to wait a long time for the mm-hmm. CFP. Ah, we're getting that in about 10, day, 10, 11 days. We're going to get that first game. Clemson's going to come out. They're going to, I think they're going to come out with that same energy and you can get them. They're rocky early. A lot of the times Clemson is, Clemson is, but Ohio state does not have, and I, this is weird to say, they are not a team competent right enough, enough right now to meaningfully punch them in the mouth, right? Virginia Tech going up like seven to three or whatever it was, was not a meaningful punch in the mouth. Notre Dame's three, nothing league clearly was not a meaningful punch in the mouth. You have to go like 14, nothing and, and start handling them a little bit. Ohio state doesn't have that. They just don't, that, that confidence is not there. I said heading into this conference championship weekend in the Big Ten title game that if Ohio State took care of business against Northwestern, they would, of course, be in the college football playoff. That is what happened. They won six games. They were undefeated. They won their conference title. They had two wins over two top 25 opponents. They were in the college football playoff. I also said that two things can be true. It looked to me at the time like Ohio State was one of the best four teams in the country, but how weird it is at the time they only had five wins and only played five games in the evaluation metrics the CFP committee must be dealing with in terms of looking at the Buckeyes. Right now, I'm a little less confident that Ohio State is truly one of the best four teams in the country. And the questions I had going into the Big Ten title game about their defense and their secondary are now shifted to what is happening with that offense. And mainly, the guy I had the most confidence in about a week ago in Justin Fields. And I don't necessarily think it's all on Justin Fields and his right arm, but something is not right about how that offense is progressing right now. And I think it has to be this crazy, disruptive year. Let's not forget. They have played twice since that crucial Indiana game on November 21st, including this past Saturday in the Big Ten title game. Do they have enough in this 10-day span to get ready for a great Clemson team to turn it on and beat the Tigers? As it stands right now, Clemson opens up as a seven-point favorite. Ohio State has said I mean, what is – can we talk about that? What are we doing at Vegas? What do you know that we don't? I mean – What do you know? I mean, that that line – that line's gonna get hammered. That, yeah. that that's gonna go to at least ten. I mean, I'm oh. telling you now, that thing's getting to ten at least for sure. And Clemson, I think, will have more bets come on it early than they will even on Alabama being the heavy favorite over Notre Dame, just because of that spread right there. I think it will go up by the time we get to kickoff on New Year's Day, January first. Mm-hmm. Does Ohio State have enough? Can they figure it out enough? And I believe they have the talent in place. And a huge news on Sunday as well with the Big Ten lessening their 21-day return to competition down to 17. And you're shaking your head. And I know. And I will just say this. And let me say my piece about the Big Ten seemingly accommodating the Ohio state at every stage. Yes, it is that like, it is that all the jokes that you can make about bending the knee to Ohio state. Yes, it is. But it makes sense when they are the breadwinner of the conference. And when they bring back all this money to the conference, you are going to accommodate this team. It is the reality we face. We might not like it, but it's the truth. And that's the world we're living in when it comes to the big 10 in Ohio state. I bet I would just say, look, Hey, we're in bowl season. It's not big 10 versus big 10 anymore. Our jurisdiction. We don't have it anymore. That's all I'd say. That's all you have to say. It'd be like, you know what? Makes some sense. They don't have they don't have control anymore. To to your point really fast, I, I just want to say this about, about the game. Yeah. This week, Brent Venables was not going to allow Notre Dame to beat them twice the same way. The running game. Mm-hmm. That's the approach coming in. Brent Venables is going to say, Justin Fields, prove to the entire world that you are the number two pick in this next draft. Please. Yeah. Let yeah. everybody know that you're number two because that they are not going to. Ohio State is not going to control the line of scrimmage the way like you know they might have some success but not any market success. They're not going to win the game running Trey Sermon. 
I'm just right. telling you now, it's not going to happen. So I mean, that, yeah. that's what Justin Fields, this is your chance to, to, to get that spot back because he might be losing it right now. CBS Sports today, Zach Wilson was the second quarterback taken. So Justin Fields, buddy, it's, all, it's on you now. As we saw with what happened in the NFL on Sunday, too, and the Jets beating the Rams in the conversation around Trevor Lawrence maybe going to the Jags now, I had one of my friends who was a Jets fan reach out to me and say, is Justin Fields the guy? And I said, yes, I still think he will be an excellent NFL pro, but I'm not sure he's going to be the second quarterback taken right now. You could look at Trey Lance from North Dakota State. You could look at Zach Wilson from BYU. This is Justin Fields' chance to go out and prove it, which is crazy to say that the focus of a Clemson defense might be on, hey, let's make Justin Fields beat us and not Trey Sermon when heading into the Big Ten title game the two biggest questions surrounding that Ohio State football team was the defensive secondary and the ground game that hadn't been very explosive yet this year now Ohio State has a chance and this has been a game they had circled they have said all year Ryan Day and the Buckeyes wanted to play Clemson in a rematch they felt that game last year slipped away from them based on maybe a few questionable calls based on a miscommunication between Chris Olave and Justin Fields that was the lasting image of that interception to end the game they have wanted Clemson in a rematch they get them now for the third time as they've played each other in college football playoff history does Ohio State have enough yeah I'm not exactly so sure at this point that the Buckeyes do, but this is the game they have had circled. This is the game they will focus on. They had 22 players out in that Big Ten title game based on the new Big Ten rule. Ryan Day told ESPN on Sunday he feels a good chunk of who was out for the game against Northwestern could be back for that college football playoff semifinal against Clemson. We will have to wait and see because they desperately need some more on that offense to spark and to be explosive enough to keep up with this Clemson team. Yeah, and they're a bit more – the thing about Clemson is they're a bit more athletic, right? Like the two defenses that have given Justin Fields problems, I know they put up a lot of points on Indiana, but that defense was able to, to obviously cause issues for him in that game and force turnovers. Northwestern's got a very tough defense, right? They're, they're known as a uh, more technical, uh, better, sound, more sound defense, um, you know, just as far as like in general speaking. Clemson's got the guys to make it a rough day for him up front, and also they've got some technical guys as well. So they've got that mix that can make life tough on him. And that's why I'm saying like, it's going to be on him. And to your point about having the game circled, I get that. But there's, but Dabo doesn't coach the side of the ball. He coach, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, like well, Dabo Sweeney has, you know, this video of Brent Venables telling him to, <laughs> to like get out of any kind of play calling. Right. He is chief motivator. That is what he does. He recruits and he motivates and he is nobody's better at it than he is. So as much as we think Ohio State's going to be up for the game, there's not going to be there's there's not like any juice you know lost there. I guarantee right. you they're going to find some random newspaper clipping about you know Clemson being underdogs here. Dabba will fabricate the date on it and he'll put it and they'll be like, oh, they're picking against us because he always does the little old Clemson thing. He'll right. he'll, he'll zero you know white white out over the date and put twenty you know twenty twenty and say guys they're picking against us. You know here we go. I, I, that that's going to happen. So. I think the juice argument, I get it. It makes a lot of sense. I know they definitely have impetus for revenge, but it's going to be all things even in, in, in the juice department. A very wide ranging discussion with Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big yes. 12, but that shows where we are on Selection Sunday and the aftermath of it for the college football playoff, the CFP committee, the New Year's Six Bowls, all of it tied into this crazy 2020 college football season. Josh, it was a pleasure. I think we covered a lot of ground. It might've got off the tracks at some points, but that that's has my been fault, Ben. Season. That's my fault. I, I think, Josh, I think it's truly evident of this season of college football and the discussion surrounding it, because I think you summed it up beautifully about midway through this conversation when you're like, what are we even doing here? And I think right. that is what the end of this season has showed with how the CFP committee 
figured out these final rankings for this college football season. I agree. Uh, I just want to know that, you know, just being around the sport for so long, it's, you know, especially this year, every day, day in and day out, having the conversation and seeing where we're at now, that is why I have this, you know, this passion for it, obviously. Uh, and I'm sure many of your listeners do too, feel the like kind of the same way about it that, that I do. So I appreciate you, you giving me a platform to vent a little bit. And I always love talking to you, Ben. Thank you so much for talking to you. I appreciate your passion as well. I think that will radiate. Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12, a great member of this Locked On Podcast Network. We thank you for your time. Always, man. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this bonus episode of the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. Follow me at Josh Neighbors. And until tomorrow, stay safe. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.